Blog Talk Radio. A podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Here we go. Yes, we do. And just to let you know, um, just a minute ago, my phone totally disconnected me from the show totally went oh. off air. And so I had to come back in and I'm thinking, Oh my gosh. So I don't know, is this, we don't have a mercury retrograde yet. So I'm, I'm kind of holding my, my tongue on anything other than <laughs> that was really weird. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Well, you know, what's really weird is last week I didn't say this because it seemed like it didn't cause any problems, but halfway through the show, my computer lost internet connection and then it came right back on like seconds later. So I had to reboot the show on the internet, but we were still connected on our phones, which is why I've started calling in separately than my computer. Uh-huh. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully that didn't cause any upset in the world, but it seemed oh, like the show, the show shouldn't have been impacted by it, but weird stuff. It's not even Mercury. You can't even no. blame Mercury. No, I can't. I can't figure a way to do anything other than the fact that I was just like, wow, this is really interesting. So, and, you know, normally I call in on a, um, on an old flip phone, you know, the kinds of the go phone slash the burner phones, because I get the best reception in this entire place. And I know I will stay on. And it, that's the one I was calling on today. And it just went, bleep, and it went, I'm like, now that's even weird. So anyhow, so here we are, another Friday, and full of enthusiasm for our show. But before that, we will ask the pertinent question, which is kind of an oxymoron in our present situation. But how was your week? Yeah, uh, my week's been interesting. Um I think I've mentioned a few, you know, I obviously I've said this every week, the shop is still closed, the milk and honey is still closed. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about the, the new 
point of sale system, the fancy system that we got. And I'm Mm -hmm. almost done. And I, granted, I'm not working on it every day for hours and hours on end because I just can't do that kind of tedious work for that long. Mm -hmm. I get really frustrated. But I'm almost done in doing an inventory, a piece by piece inventory of the shop and inputting it into the system, which is like crazy. It's so it was so much work, and I'm not quite done because you know we have a lot. Well, Elvira knows, but folks listening may not know. Most of our jewelry is one-of-a-kind pieces, and I have hundreds of pieces of jewelry. So I have to make a unique entry for every piece of jewelry and then print out a barcode for it. So, yeah, it's been quite the project, and it's almost done. So that feels really exciting. Uh, And it's been a – you know, for for not having my business open, I've had a rather busy week. I've had – a few reading appointments this week more than I've had in the last couple of weeks because it's been interestingly quiet in the reading world. Uh, I taught a workshop on Wednesday night. I had um, a conference call last night for the witch camp that I'm teaching at. Well, next year it was supposed to be this summer. Now it's going to be next summer. And tonight I'm teaching an elements of magic class online. Um, And I have, I have like a secret project that I'll, I will share with you and the listeners. There is a friend of mine who is an amazing artist and her and I are teaming up to create an Oracle deck with her art. Mm. So, so she's going to provide all the art and, and what, what she does is she has like a magical art process. So she goes into trance and has this conversation and, and brings the beings into the, birth basically mm-hmm. uh, through her art so she is going to tell me the story of every piece and then I'm going to do the writing for it so we've been having these brainstorming calls I had one of my calls with her this week too so there's a lot of there's a lot of busyness this week and I still feel like weird and sad and lost <laughs> um yeah. yeah, and things are starting to open back up, and I don't feel like that's good. I'm I'm really nervous about it, uh, and I've seen, sadly, some businesses really close to my business that are letting people into their shop, even though that's breaking the rules, and that really bothers me because, A, I don't like it when people break the rules. I'm a tourist. We like rules, and they're there for a reason, and when one person breaks the rules and then another person breaks the rules, then there's an expectation that all of us will, and I'm not going to, you know? And I also don't think it's safe right now. So I'm feeling all those feels too about, um, you know, some of my little kid shame about being the good girl is coming up. <laughs> oh yes. And and yes. having some fear about it not it being too soon. So you know, it's all of, it's it's life in apocalypse. How has your week been, Elvira? Oh gee, well, gosh, golly. <laughs> um, well, I mean. For the most part, I was explaining to Phoenix before we got on the show that interesting enough is that the cards that we do are, you know, journey as much for, you know, a reading, mm-hmm. and, you know, prophetic ways of looking at things. They are, It is a journey, and we did start out with, you know, one card, and we moved on to another and another. Well, the hermit has been how I've been feeling. Even though logistically I am doing things in the world, so to speak, I, I, you know, three days a week, I 
go to Lucky Mojo and I sequester myself in the one room that's where I do my work. And, and I've actually had a, a goodly amount of readings and um, some people that I haven't heard from in years. So, you nice. know, it's like interesting and, and all. And that's very financially rewarding and very rewarding in general because then I get to hear their story of what's happened. And yeah. All that which is nice. And there's work there for me to do on an hourly. So that gives me structure like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Mm -hmm. that's my structure. Um, Mm -hmm. And Saturday and Sunday, I wound up staying home and I don't go anywhere. And, you know, obviously I'm, I'm on call for the potential readings that are on phone through milk, uh, milk and honey. But Sunday, I just don't do anything. I just sit here and I actually got on, um, (laughs) This is one of those rare moments. I am a member of the Unitarian Universalist Church here in Santa Rosa. Um, and I stopped going because the particular person, he was going through his own stuff and when he was the reverend and he was going through this and it changed how he did his sermons. And I understand. Um, but they didn't speak to me. And so yeah. I said, well, they're not speaking to me. I can't sit through a whole thing if it has, you know, doesn't do that. So I still am a member, and so since they've been going to virtual, um, they send me my little thing for me if I want to do that. Well, Sunday, believe it or not, I decided I was going to do that because I was sitting here mm-hmm. like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, You know, there's different projects I can turn my attention to, but I haven't been given like a, a little light that goes on when you have a project that suddenly says, hi, I'm ready, and you're ready, and let's go. Um so I proceeded to just turn it on, and, and of course, it was interesting because it's YouTube, and I just fast-forward through the stuff I'm uninterested in, which is kind of actually nice um, when it comes to, you know, some of the things. And I got <laughs> to his sermon, and it was a very actual short one, and he said it was going to be short, but it was, it was both good and bad, dark and yeah. light. And yeah. so he proceeded to say, dark first the bad news first. It turns out that the Unitarian Universalist um, Council, which is back on the East Coast, um, has made a recommendation, a strong recommendation to all of the um, churches in the organization to not have public gatherings, public uh, uh, ritual sermons and all for a year. Yeah, And he just went, you know, and you could see how it affected him. And I know the feeling because, as we all know, gathering in a manner like that is very important for all of us that have done group work and things. So he was very taken by it. And then he said, but this means we will now step forward and learn something new. And I swear to you, at the moment he said that, It was like you grieve, he said, you grieve over that which is gone, but now Mm -hmm. you need to, you know, it's not about moving on, it's about creating the new, the new whatever vision it is we have to start. And I got up and I went in to where my money altar is, my financial altar, and I had been stymied about clearing my altars and preparing my my location to be virtually shot and, and then put it on the market because there are things that have to get taken out, like skulls and things that, you know, might be questionable for the general public uh, to say. 
Yeah, hi there. We just have a fox skull, and oh, we have a little, you know, crystal skull. You have a fox like, skull? Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, cool. I do. Yeah, I actually have the fox skull is on the top of my magical staff, and um, of course I have a stuffed fox, which is not a problem because you know he doesn't look ugly or bad or scary. Um, but yeah. Um, and so I went in and I broke it all down and cleaned it all up and put it back together again. Now here's the funny part. <laughs> After doing that on Sunday, the reason why I'm longingly telling this is that all of the readings that came in Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, it just, I just, it just, it happened. Now, mm-hmm. was that coincidence? Was that the fact that I reshifted my energies on it? Probably all of it. All of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the remainder of my two days up until now has felt very alone and very mm. on the top of the the mountain, not being with anyone. It's been, I mean, I did a lot of, you know, I did errands yesterday and I was out and being very, you know, socially appropriate and everything. And <laughs> I came home and I felt really alone. And yeah. I guess it's also because my roommate, his store opened up. The Scandia design opened up, and he went back to work on Wednesday. Oh, it did. Yes, it did. Now, this is even weirder. They said, then I'll get off the, the, the moment of moments. He went in Wednesday. They had gotten him. They got him all set up. They have masks. They have helmets. They have gloves. They have pure, you know, a, a thermometer thing that they have to take temperatures with. They have, because they have lawyers, because they're a very large company, nationwide and they have lawyers that look through all of the things and then mandated all these things so they were prepared but what they had to do is they can only start at 12 o'clock and I think go maybe to the last appointment they can only do appointments and they're half hour appointments and that's it you don't get any more than half an hour and then you're out the door and you you have to do all of this right and the man and all that well, the first day he said they were booked. He said we were booked. And there was wow. <laughs> a woman comes in. She's looking at a sofa. She loves the sofa, but she wants her husband to come in. Now, this is making it that not only have I told this story several times and my roommate has told it several times and his, the, the other two salespeople that were there have told it several times. So now it's getting down to posterity on a podcast. So um, she gets her husband in. And he comes in. Now, he is a policeman. He has no mask. He gets in the front door. and on. He doesn't have a mask on. He gets in the front door and he starts coughing. His yeah. wife exploded on him. <laughs> said, get your mask, you know, blah, mask on. And <laughs> why are, you know, and he put his mask on. But by then, of course, the manager was one of the three people in the store said, thank you very much. And she was really pissed. And I guess that, you know, this was, but it was the, it was all of this. And it's now they don't have, you must wear a mask. They said, you will please wear a mask. So they were being generous about their, their wording. And I'm sitting here listening to this be told to me. And I was just like, really? We have mandates for this county. If you live in this county, even if you're a sheriff in a freaking another county or a policeman, <laughs> we live in this county and we have a mandate, and you're 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 the police person, you're the you're the authoritarians, and you're what? I dare to not ask if he was, you know, for any other particular grouping of people, but 
so that was, you know, but because, and he's, and actually my roommate said it is, they are, they made a shitload of money yesterday because all these people came in and, and bought and everything because realistically all the people who are had issues with their houses being burned and their fires and the insurance have mm-hmm. to spend their money because they are literally at the edge of everything and they will lose it. So this is something that, and they're, they're a higher in line furniture store. So they have people who, yeah. you know, do this, but you know, it was, um, it was just, it was weird. And so he's gone. And so I'm kind of, you know, like by myself. So I feel very kind of like I'm standing here with my light going, okay, here I am. <laughs> So there we are. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it's interesting times, man. I know. I know. And I guess it's just I have looked at these stories that keep, you know, popping up. And I'm not just saying the Internet and news and all that, but people's stories about things. And I just, my mind kind of goes, yes, I personally think to totally open up it is way too soon. Um yeah. You know, yeah, yeah I, I'm just waiting. I, I, I can't imagine anyone that comes into Milk and Honey would be shitty because that's not that, that we don't really attract that type of person, you know, even right. when we have tour, well, even when we have tourists come in and they're kind of odd and skeptical and have like a, a raised brow the whole time they walk in. No one's ever rude, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I'm, I won't let people in without masks when it comes to that. And, uh, you know, I'm already preparing like to deal with the world has changed. <laughs> yeah, really. Things I really. never and thought it, I'd have to think about. I know. So that being said, let's jump into the hermit since he is, yeah. among all other things, he is Virgo. He is the sign of, he re, this card represents Virgo. And, and Virgo is health, among other things, which I thought was also humorous. Um mm-hmm. And uh, he does stand with his light for wisdom. So let's just jump in, and I'll let you kind of wait, rider deck it first, and then we'll go on. Yeah, yeah. So you know, uh, just a, a quick little spiel on what we're doing. In case this is the first episode you wandered upon, we are in the midst of a series going through the major arcana. Elvira and I are both professional tarot card readers. So we thought it might be fun to go through the major arcana and, and dig a little bit more deeply into each card's meaning because they are quite intense, the major arcana. Um, you know, they, they refer to deeper mysteries, and sometimes you have to unpack their meaning a lot more than you might with some of the major arcana cards. Today we are on number nine, which is actually the tenth card of the major arcana, the hermit, as Elvira said. Uh, and we are jumping off from the Rider-Waite-Smith version of the tarot because it is a much older system. But in the early 1900s, Rider-Waite-Smith sort of made tarot a little bit more mainstream based on their specific changes and their vision and a lot of the Golden Dawn and some other um, fraternal orders practices. Um so, yeah, in the Rider Waite Smith deck, we see a cloaked man who's got a long white, well, it's a bushy white beard. We can assume it's long based on how it looks, but we, we can't actually see how long it is. And he is facing to the left in a gray cloak 
His head is down. He has a staff in his left hand and a lantern that he's holding up in his right hand. And the, the background is very bleak. There's, um, that's an unusual thing. Usually there is stuff in the background of these cards or lots of little things to note or lots, sometimes even like little hidden images um, that you may not notice right off the bat or the, the person in the image is wearing a fancy uh, print on their outfit that has meaning. And here we have a very bleak, very plain piece of art there's not a lot of hidden things and yet there is because again all of the colors and everything has some meaning here um and it is important to note that it is a six-pointed star that is in the lantern um and there is supposedly there's supposed to be a mountain range in the background but he's standing on top of a mountain so the mountain range is kind of at the same level that he's at uh it's sort of the symbolism of um being solitary, being alone, you know, being the hermit, exactly what you might think a hermit means is, is a lot of what this card is about. Mm-hmm. Um, and supposedly there are a lot of divinatory associations in this card. I haven't been able to find a lot of detail on what that is supposed to mean, except that, you know, he's holding a wand, sort of, and he's holding the lamp of truth. Uh, and that six-pointed star, there is there is meaning there. Uh, would you add anything to that? What am I missing? Um, well, obviously, the, the the hermit's cloak is in in it never gets really uh, fancy, as you say. But in some decks, it's much more tattered. Sometimes it's just so plain. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's his cloak is is that which is is um, discretion. It's the cloak of discretion, and um, the path is that he is supposedly lighting the way for is the path of illuminate of initiation and illumination mm-hmm. and the light. You're right. Is the six pointed star, and um, <laughs> I believe you know there's another part that we get into after the break, which is I usually jump around into Paul Foster cases. Uh, definitions and things, and it will probably give me more time to talk about the six-pointed star and, and, you know, because it is the masculine and the feminine, the three, the three, and it is a nine, so there's the, the, the aspect of nine and it's three, three, so I believe there's a lot of that that gets talked about, but um, I don't know. I think you did really well with just describing, and, you know, mm-hmm. the, the lantern of truth is, um, connected to the one source, the divine, mm-hmm. how you choose to, to determine its name or the name of it or the personification of it. Um, of course, right. it's the seal of Solomon. You know, it is the yeah, seal thank of Solomon. You. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's also important to note that it's in his right hand, right? And in, in a lot of these, Fraternal orders, the left and the right sides have different things. So the right um, is more masculine and more grounded, and the left is more feminine and more subconscious. And in 
the left hand he has the staff, which is supposedly a sign of his authority, which is authority over the subconscious. And he uses that authority of the over the subconscious to balance him and help him walk through the world, which is really interesting. Uh, and the other thing that I wanted to mention, which I absolutely love, is around this lantern. And if you've ever gone camping or been you've tried to use a candle to light something that you can't see or tried to walk through a dark area especially with a candle you can't see shit and if you try (laughs) to use a candle like you would a flashlight or a lantern it doesn't work it actually blinds you you can't use a lantern or a candle like you would a flashlight you have to hold it above yourself and you can only see so far into the distance and so there is this idea that the lamp lights his way this the seal of Solomon, the symbol of wisdom, lights the way, but it doesn't show him the full path. It only shows him a few steps ahead. So he has to keep walking to gain more wisdom. And I really freaking love that <laughs> symbology and message. It's yeah. like so profound. And that's what I'm saying about the major arcana. Like that's a that's a fucking deep message. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So and of course the number nine, as I kind of threw out there really quickly, is the culmination of, is like the end of the single digits. So it is like the, the actual ending and prepares for a new manifestation. So it shifts. And, of course, mm-hmm. we will talk more because, in truth, the, the hermit is the end of, not the end, but the other side of the fool and the fool being the zero is following the lamp of truth and becomes at this stage the hermit which is nine so um you know and as i said it's a triplicity and it's you know three times three so obviously there's a lot of things you can go into that about the number yeah absolutely so, um, and it you know just to get some of the 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 writer I guess the writer version of the divinatory, um, it's about silent counsel, prudence, discretion, and a meeting with one who will guide the seeker on the path to material or spiritual ends or an attainment of a goal. But once you attain a goal. That's the ending, but then there's a beginning. So see, it's it's mm-hmm. cyclic in terms of that. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add on that? I know there's probably a lot more. I just threw those out. Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really right there. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's funny you mentioned, you know, earlier that, you know, your week has felt a little bit like the hermit. And I think, you know, a lot of what we're experiencing right now is very, very much like the hermit because, um, well, it is and it isn't, you know, we're, we're being forced into hermitage, you know, we're being, we're, we as a culture and a society and, um, you know, we're being, we're being forced into being the hermit. And so, um, you know, we can resist that and we can be mad about it and we can fight against it or, we can try and embrace it as much as much as we can. And if we use the hermit card and the energy of what this of what this symbol represents, 
it can give us some information on how to maybe get through this this time of seclusion and withdrawal with a little bit more wisdom rather than feeling like we're stuck or we're trapped or we're fighting and all that's still going to happen, right? Like, it's not like, you know, I'm sure that the hermit even has moments where he's pissed and bored and lonely and wants to, to shift things, but then again, chooses not to, you know, so he has choice. We don't exactly have choice. We do have some amount of choice. We're not completely, we're not locked in a cave having to, you know, hunt our own rabbits, right? Um, right. But it can feel like that, you know, right. it can feel like that. And so I think it's interesting, you know, that just even with your small amount of going out and interacting, you still are feeling how you identify with this card right now and how your week really felt like the hermit. And, and you know, and we've been saying this the whole time. It's interesting how as we're going through these cards, how we notice how they're they're making sense for what's going on in the greater picture. And, you know, when I started learning this system and the Tarot itself, the teacher I had, basically that's what she had us do. Now, she did it on a weekly basis uh, because she, she basically, it was like level one, level two, level three, which I found interesting, the triplicity. But she would have us go through the, you know, she would have us go and have a week of this card and a week of that card to get to know it, to really, you know, over term we have gotten into using Grocket, but um, it is, this in itself is um, a larger picture of what has been happening in the, the bigger world and how mm-hmm. as we seem to have chosen this and, and we kind of did it out of a of a, a a different reason at the time, but yeah. it really has been reflective. And when we have done, you know, Ask a Witch or we have one of our Sabbath uh, programs, even that kind of moves it. And then by the time we get to the next card, because we've had that break, whatever's gone on needed to go on the next card has the meaning of whatever we're experiencing, I find that absolutely illuminating. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, again, this is also our own personal development as well, and that's what I think has become very evident with this card coming is it's our personal development. Um, Because the reverse on this, which, of course, I think many can relate to, if not personally, um, externally, is a refusal to listen to wisdom, immaturity, view foolish vices, rejection of maturity. Um, and unfortunately, we do see that rather prevalently yeah. right now. So, yeah, you know, it's kind of like, okay, you know, the light in the dark. There you are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So... But well, let's take our break and then we can come back and talk more about its its meaning and what it could mean when it pops up in a layout. Okay, sounds like a plan. We will be right back. Stay tuned. 
as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, Add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. There we go. Okay. Hey, you know, it gave me enough time to glug the last of my coffee so that, you know, any hyperness I can give to this show is there. Mm. That sounds so. good. I'm going to make some coffee after the show, I think. <laughs> I was trying to have lunch because you know the old saying, you never go grocery shopping when you're hungry. Um, right. And I have done both and found why. So that being the case, I was like going, okay, well, I'm going to go out and brave the world for grocery shopping, so I better eat. So I ate before the show, figuring that will get me where I need to go. So <laughs> let's just jump in and go with some more stuff about this beautiful card, the Hermit. Nice. Okay. So when the Hermit shows up in a reading, it's, at least for me as a reader, I often take it as a sign of needing to retreat. So, you know, is is the question about a romantic situation? It's time to take a step back. Is the question about getting a new job? Is the, you know, often we get clients that come to us to have readings when they have a specific thing going on and they don't know what to do about it you know sometimes it's not that but most of the time it is that and when the hermit shows up I always feel like it's not time to make a decision even if the other cards suggest the direction that you may want to take you know you might just want to pump the brakes slow down a little bit and really withdraw for a moment and give yourself time to think about it give yourself time to to go within, listen to your inner wisdom, listen to what that guiding light, your own guiding light might be telling you. Um, it's really about, like, it's almost, when I do readings, when the Queen of Cups shows up, I always am like, okay, what's your intuition saying for me? The, the Queen of Cups is always like, a, okay, hold up. What is your intuition saying? You need to listen to your intuition. And this is another one of those cards that's like, okay, wait. And it feels, um, you know, the Queen of Cups is very feminine, intuitive, watery, where the Hermit feels more solid and stable and um, illuminating. It's a, it's a different energy, but it's the same message, you know. Mm-hmm. What would you add? What do you think? Well, you know, um, definitely <clears throat> the the withdrawal, you know, to to pull back, to pull back mm-hmm. uh, from actively pursuing something or doing it. Like if it's, you know, magical work, it's like, uh, no, you don't need to add more stuff. Matter of fact, you might want to just let things kind of, you know, percolate a little bit and let things be alone because it's about just what you said, reflection, meditation, intuition, you know, taking time off. So 
I tend to go with that. I also am aware that if there's other things around the car itself, this may not, since neither one of us do reversals, but certain cars have certain um, sharper meanings rather than I want to say negative meanings. So, um, you know, it's, that's when you look at those cards as well, and it may be that, well, you're, you know, you're feeling isolated, you're feeling alone, you're feeling that you don't have the knowledge or the wisdom, and um, but you need to still move within and still find that because, like, you know, the card shows, I mean, the, the light, the star is that wisdom that we hold, you know, within and it guides us to spiritual truths both inside and outside so be aware of your surroundings mm-hmm. look at how things are you know things that guide you or or you know whatever i mean i i have to say that you know personally i take the dogs for the walks uh, twice a day and um i'll have some crow come zipping by you know and to me you know crow is magic but i pay mm-hmm. attention to that which is around me to be able to say that even if I do feel as I felt this week alone, that there's magic and that magic is just tuning in, but you have to do it by stepping back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the, the thing about the hermit being reversed, I think is interesting. Um, because you know there the thing about reversals is I find that they're often warnings and more than and not that i I don't read reversals right we already we've already covered that, but um, <laughs> when I did read reversals back in the day, I always found them to be more like warnings and and the thing about the hermit reverse is that you may have gone away already, you may have retreated already and now and it's been too much, like you know you may mm-hmm. be. You may have turned away from the world for too long, and it's time to re-engage and reconnect and find community and get outside help. And I find that this is a message that I often see in the hanged man, which is coming down the road. Uh, you know, the, the hermit and the hanged man, for me, have a lot of similar energies, because I always, and we'll have a whole show about the hanged man, but I relate him to the god Odin and seeking wisdom. But at some point, it's time to take what you've learned and do something with it. Uh, so, you know, be cautious with that hermit energy that you don't get so caught up in seeking wisdom that you lose reality or you lose your connection to the outside because that's important too. And if you keep seeking wisdom just for the sake of seeking wisdom, that's wonderful. But that doesn't make you engaged in society and in the world. And those with profound wisdom society needs <laughs> we especially if you look around right now we need some friggin' wisdom <laughs> so kidding. you I'm know kidding. It, it's it's important to take what you have learned and discovered and share that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's yeah. interesting now the uh paul foster case deck and it's it's correspondences is that, and this is really, I mean, it's the intestines and assimilation in the body part, but it's the sense of touch. How can you have the sense of touch when you only touch your staff, your, your lantern and the earth? I mean, that's really great. But what about the touch between human and human? 
you know, which right. if you're going to get really kind of weird and esoteric, in the Sistine Chapel you have God and Adam and the two fingers touching, which is iconic and has been used over and over again in many places. But if you think of that, it's the divine touching the human, and that means we as humans need to do that, right. to utilize that wisdom. And otherwise, it's sterile. It is, yeah. you know, it produces nothing. It may make you feel, I, you know, I'm, I know everything. But even Buddha connected with people. You know, right. he had his enlightenment, but he connected with people, you know, the others yep. that were out there. So that's really, really important about this card, too. Yeah, 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 totally. But, um, and I know that, you know, we I've mentioned that it's Virgo, so, of course, you, you realize that it's um, is a dominant, Virgo, ostensibly, you know, as a sign, um, has a tendency for self-conscious initiative and, you know, can represent a state in which the highest manifestation of self-consciousness is experienced. Now, that's the sign, of course, you know, um, how that applies with Virgos is, you know, another matter because of other things in someone's chart. But um, I find it interesting that though it's a mutable earth sign and it's considered the virgin, most of the Virgos that I know, and I don't say every one of them, but I've known a whole lot of them, are not any virgins. <laughs> so as far as I'm concerned, when um, that comes up, if it's meant in that term, but as you pointed out in your class on Wednesday, which was about Akate, and, you know, virgin is one unto oneself. So mm-hmm. that is pretty much what the hermit represents too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, So I've been sharing along this series with the deck that I use and the um, writings of Philip and Stephanie Cargom because I just really like their deck and um, and it's a little bit different. It has a little bit more of a Druid and Wicca influence than the traditional writer weight. Uh, And the hermit here. In this deck, you know, all of the symbolism is pretty much the same, except he has a a very wolf-like looking dog next to him. So there is um, a a holdover, a similarity, a throwback to the Fool card, right, where the Fool card is sort of leaping off the cliff and, and free and not worried, and the dog is skipping along with him. Here we have the Druid who's cloaked with the lantern and is standing and is, seems quite stoic. And the dog slash wolf in this image is also standing right next to him looking quite stoic. Uh, and there's a crescent moon in the background, um, or not the background, the sky. <laughs> um, and it's twilight, you know, which in the Rider Waite deck, it's a blue sky. So we can't really tell if is it, is it dawn, is it twilight, is it daytime, is it, is it nighttime, we can't tell. Uh, mm-hmm. But in this deck, it's very, it's very specifically, in fact, even in his write-up of this card, he specifies that it's twilight in autumn because there is a specific energy of autumn and twilight and reflection and the self that is being played on in this card. Um, the, the, uh, the message of the hermit, according to this deck, is to turn away from the distractions of the outer world and seek guidance. In silence and solitude, discover new depths and refresh 
your soul at the source of all life. Mm. Um, nice. The significance of the hermit, according, again, to Philip and Stephanie Cargon. Oh, and this deck is called the Druid Craft Tarot. Uh, but they say here, at a certain stage in our lives and in our spiritual journey, it becomes important to withdraw from the distractions of the outer world to focus on the inner quest. Every night as we fall asleep, we journey to the other world, and when our physical body dies, we make that journey also. But it is important for us to turn within at other times too, hence the value of meditation and of spiritual retreats. So there you go. And there you are. Of, you know, there's like two pages worth of writing on all, all of the major arcana in, in the little companion book. Um, oh, I don't yeah. think we need to, yeah. to go through all of no. it, but you know, if if you're intrigued, I do recommend this deck. It's, I I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, to add, since my deck that I use is of a similar nature, it's more you know witchy pagan because it's called the Witch's Tarot, so obviously it must have something to do with that. Um, the one thing that I would add is that the line that they talk about in terms of meaning is, I mean, all of what you said is very, very much here in, in their work and how they've, they've come up with the meanings and everything, but it's trust in yourself and in your gut hunches. Take personal mm-hmm. time to see where this leads. And I think that is the, the hardest, and I guess in a way my lesson from what I have shared for this last week was listening, finding a way, and trusting my hunch, my gut, to move and do what I chose to do that, you know, to work on my altar. But it was that process. You know how hard it is for a world driven by external do's and musts to do that? I know right. we're in a position where we're kind of, put in that situation to a certain degree but when you but when you listen you have to be quiet and you know maybe there's some reason why you get distracted by you know maybe what I was hearing this person say but I was fully quiet listening to what that person said and when it got said it put that into action for me to move forward and I think that's right. what this card is really you know, it's not inaction, but it's knowing from the the feel when to act. And I think when you and I both get clients and they want more, you know, help and then they want more work, and I, I think every person, no, not every person, a lot of people ask, what more can I do? And usually my, my point of reference is when it gets to that and we're pulling cards, and whether the hermit comes up or some other cards that are, you know, minor arcana cards, I usually say, be quiet and listen and, and let that which you've done move forward because we're so driven to do things. And yeah. So I think that's, this is a, a, the meaning is clearer and I'm more present with the deck you use and with my deck. I know that mm-hmm. these other decks have a lot of esoteric, like I'm, my last husband, my, <laughs> my deceased husband, was a Virgo, and his one comment kept being, the hand of God, the open hand of God, God's hand. Well, see, the actual Hebrew letter for this is Yod, which is hand of God, or man's mm. open hand. 
and I was like, in, and he knew because he was a Rosicrucian, and he, you know, he didn't necessarily study tarot, but I, so, of course, I have a personal connection with his card when it comes to that, because of that, but it is true, it's, you know, the open hand is giving, is is yeah. sharing, and I think that's the 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 part here that we we need to go. And one thing before we do leave, I have to say this, because when I started reading this, I went, oh my gosh, how am I going to say this? The intelligence for this card in the esoteric tradition is the intelligence of will. Now, you're going to love this one. <clears throat> As I say, I kind of backtracked a little bit when I heard this, but the intelligence of will is the mode of consciousness that's attributed, okay? The word translated above as will means primarily delight and pleasure and intent and purpose. So in actuality, this card also has a lot to do with that part of our being of pleasure, whether it's sexual or it is some other thing that gives us pleasure and delight. And I kind of laughed when I read that because then I'm going, okay, so now I understand why all my Virgos that I've known have that bent. They're really <laughs> their true intelligence of will. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be a sense of humor in all of this because I'm sorry, you know, this it can the esoteric thing, and that's why I really didn't want to go too far into it this time, is that it gets real heady and it yeah. it. Um, it's a different way to look at the tarot, but not necessarily always for the beginner, not because they wouldn't understand it, but because it can confuse and frustrate yeah. you if you're only looking at these things when in actuality it's the feel of the card and where the, the, the image takes you, whether it's the image of your deck or the image of my deck or the rider deck, the weight rider deck or the Paul Foster case deck, so... But anyway, yeah. that's my yeah. final words on this, this this card because it is it was interesting. So it was an homage. Yeah, absolutely. My husband. <laughs> yeah, and you know it's gonna the the meaning's gonna slightly change and be subtly different and adjust depending on the other cards in the reading and what else has shown up and. Uh, and you know what the question is and what what the desire is. So you can't as straightforward as each card may seem it's not mm. and there's a lot going on in there you know so so yeah have fun and practice and you know looking at like we've been talking about looking at the major arcana as a uh, a series of initiation right like going from one card to the next you know we move from the strength card that we discussed last week into um, the hermit this week. Am I right about that? Or am I missing a card? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I, right. I always get the numbers confused in my head. So, you know, you go from this place of, of courage and um, connection and understanding the wild to this place of going within and seeking wisdom. So it's almost like you have tamed the wild beast and then go within and see what that means. See mm-hmm. what what else you have to gain from that shift, that right. change, that success, what have you. Um, on your own personal journey of initiation. So, so yeah, there you have it. Is there anything That's else it. you need to say? I feel like we're pretty good. I think we did a really good job. This was, I think we 
as a team here are finding different ways to talk about these cards. And because they are different cards, they may be a journey. They may represent, you know, this this one, two, three, you know, moving forward. But um, we find different ways to talk about them. And, yeah. uh, you know, not just, you know, sometimes it's what we do personally in readings or how it affects us as, a, as an individual and how we had experience with this card. Um, but, uh, and I truly love your idea of the lantern. I think that's great because in truth that is, it's like a few steps, you know, and you're not necessarily going 20 miles ahead of us. And I guess that's yeah. another thing that I find with, people in readings that I have had to rein them in. It's like, will I ever find love? Will I have this? What will happen? You know, how, what is he going to do and how is it or she or where? And it's always about pushing the boundary like a year down the road or six months down the road to be, you know, and you're like, uh, wait a minute, come here, back up. We have right here these steps. It's not about determining that, you know, you're going to have, you know, a white house with a white picket fence and you're going to have two kids and you're going to get married and you're going to have a big wedding and, you know, then, you know, whatever. It's Those are things that are dreams, yes, that can be brought into manifestation, but we got a lot of small little steps to get in there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that's... Yeah. So... Okay, so obviously that's it. That's our that's our our final thing on the hermit. Now, obviously, we have um, other shows that are coming up next week. Will be the wheel, Mm -hmm. fun. (laughs) We may wind up getting you know a little bit more into you know because we go from planet. It's usually planets and and astrological signs and and so you know. There's certain things about the wheel that will come up about what it represents. Um, yeah. So, what else do you do? You want to throw out there before yeah. we we are putting ourselves on the rest of the day mode? Yeah. Well, you know, like Elvira said, we'll be back next week with another tarot exploration and. Um, to please do write in to go to our website, witchpriestesscauldron.com. Uh, and post any questions that you have that you might like us to answer or respond to because we do um, an Ask a Witch series and we will have an Ask a Witch show in the next couple of weeks. Well, longer than that, but coming up. Um, so please do send us your questions so that we can answer those on the show. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Yeah, and definitely pay attention to to places and things because you know we didn't go into rants which we certainly could have about the darker side of this card and what we're seeing in the world and all the rest of it but Mm -hmm. um it's important to take the time to be mindful that's that's a very buddhist point of reference a very um point of you know being aware because it's important each one of us has talked about, you know, our week and how it is, you know, how things have happened, and yet there's this strange sense of sadness and yeah. um, because it's a grieving. I mean, you know, I have to say this because having lost my husband to death and 
had to experience the physical loss, how long it took me to get used to that physical loss, which you never really totally get used to it, but till it, it subsides. And then the other levels that, you know, and we're not talking, you know, Kubler-Ross's levels. I'm talking just levels of things that happen. We are in a grieving process right now for what has happened in this world and to our world, our personal lives. And it is lonely. And it is feeling that there is, you know, I mean, if you're lucky and you have somebody that is within your life that you are sequestered with, that is wonderful. But even then, feeling alone, even with companionship that you may have, it is very important here to kind of find that inner balance. Um, mm-hmm. We've noticed many, many things happening uh, where people get off balance and then things happen that are ugly. And I yeah. think that... Um, it's a it's a it's a way of of pleading. Please work with yourself and your you know whatever divine aspect you have, because in that is when you find your peace, um, right? And acceptance. I mean, I hate saying that. I'm I'm way more into the freedom. I'm sad. I'm more like, let me be free. I'll be out there without <laughs> mask or anything, and no gloves, and be there. And of course, that's totally illogical now. Um, yeah. But I feel that's really important, you know, to to really rein it in. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, on that note, we leave you to your <laughs> weekend. <laughs> And to that, which is this, this is Memorial Day weekend, and depending oh, on where and who I didn't even what, realize. <laughs> yeah, well, technically Memorial Day officially is Monday, um, yeah. but it is, you know, and Sonoma County is not opening up the beaches, so no. that, I guess, is, in my opinion, sad, but very realistic and appreciated to try and keep us, you know, on a better position so but have yeah. a wonderful yeah. weekend wherever thou may be and yes. we will see you on the radio next week yeah talk to you later bye Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. 
blessed be.